1: And now, it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan.
2: Live from 680 The Fan Studios in the Battery Atlantis, the Buck Baloo Show on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope your day's going well. DT, our engineer, he's down sick today. He's out.
3: Waiting for the.
2: David Holloway filling in. What up? Matt Lear, I guess, takes a small break, gets a little something to eat. He'll be back in in a moment to help cover up DT's absence today. Hopefully, he's going to feel better quickly. Road Dog Gillespie in the house. You'll see him on the SEC Network tomorrow night getting all kind of publicity, sitting courtside watching the dog's basketball team go, run the floor, and of course, I'm your host, Buck Ballew, trying to keep it real here on The Fan. Hello, well, let's get to the big take. Buck's big take. All right, folks, heads up. Falcons have hired a new defensive coordinator. Jimmy Lake is his name. Raheem Morris plucked him off Sean McVay's Ram staff where he was the assistant head coach. And prior to that, Coach Lake spent eight years at Washington coaching defensive backs. He was elevated to defensive coordinator before taking over as the Huskies head coach. Previously, he had coached in the NFL, coached defensive backs for the Buccaneers and the Lions. Now, there is only one red flag that I can find. He was fired as the head coach at UW for a sideline incident during a game where he slapped a player on his face mask and shoved him in the back for mixing it up with an opposing player at the end of a play near the sideline. He resurfaced in L.A. with the Rams a year later. Now, I did a little film study on this guy, his defensive scheme at UW. And i tell you what, I liked what I saw. Innovative up front on that front four. Very innovative. They played physical. They played aggressive. I liked that. Now, his thing is, is in the secondary. That's his specialty. Saw a lot of contested coverage in the secondary. You know what? I like that a lot. I saw safeties getting involved in the quick game. I like that, too. I saw corners playing the game with strong technique. Yeah, man, I really like that. And then I saw him manufacturing blitz from depth. Now, I know I'm getting a little deep here in football, but I'm going with it anyway. I like the manufacturing the blitz from depth. You get a lot of guys coming free when you do that, if you time it up right. And his reputation is that of a really good teacher of defense. Now, that comes in handy, even at the NFL level. So I'm impressed with what I see from Coach Jimmy Lake, the new Falcons defensive coordinator. Looks like Raheem and Fontenot, they have made another strong hire. And there's your big take. Big take brought to you by Deco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally owned Deco Systems at DacoSystems.com. They are keeping Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. All right, let's continue this conversation, and we'll do it through the uh, What's Poppin' segment. Let's find out what's poppin'. Coach Raheem Morris has moved wide receiver coach T.J. Yates to quarterback coach. Did you see this? Yates, you should know, he played high school ball here in Metro Atlanta in Marietta at Pope High School. He was a quarterback at North Carolina and spent seven years as a backup quarterback in the National Football League. Now, imagine his call home to his wife when he got the word that he was moving to be the quarterback coach. This is how it would have gone if it was my wife, all right? So i call home and i say, hey, Kelly, man, I've been moved. I'm the, new, uh, I'm the new quarterback coach. And Kelly would have said, well, who's the quarterback? And then I would have said, well, we don't have one yet. And then Kelly would have said, well, you better find a good one quick or we're going to be searching for a job this time next year. That's the way that would have gone. Probably the same for T.J. Yates. The priority for Raheem Morris, T.J. Yates, Terry Fontenot from this point forward. I mean, it's nice to have the coaching staff filled out. And because of that, we'll get a press conference coming up on Monday down at MBS, introducing Raheem Morris as the new head coach, Zach Robinson as the new offensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake as the new defensive coordinator, and you'll be able to hear that right here on 680 The Fan on Monday, and that's all fine and good, but look, from this point forward, now that the coaching staff is in place... The biggest, most important decision that will be made is who the quarterback's going to be. Because I'm going to tell you, man, you're not winning in the National Football League unless you got a legit quarterback, and that's something the Falcons just didn't have under Arthur Smith. He totally misjudged the situation. And look, uh, Arthur may have gotten the job because he convinced Rich McKay and Arthur Blank that he could win with Desmond Ritter as the quarterback. And that was a total misjudgment. In fact, I give him an F grade for that one. And really the reason why he got fired. Believed in the wrong quarterback. So anyway, so moving forward, Raheem Morris, T.J. Yates, Terry Fontenot. Most important thing from this day forward is finding a legitimate quarterback. Well, got the Senior Bowl going on in Mobile. Practice starts this morning down in Mobile. And there's some quarterbacks they need to be examining and taking a very close look at down at Senior Bowl practice. So I'm assuming TJ Ace also told his wife, Honey, I'm going to be going to Mobile for a week. I'll be back on Sunday. Got to go take a look at these quarterbacks down there. Michael Penix Jr. is at the senior bowl. Need to get to know Michael Penix Jr.? Need to evaluate Michael Penix Jr.? Need to take a good long look at what Michael Penix Jr. is bringing to the table. Also, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, Bo Nix, Michael Pratt, Sam Hartman will start practice today down in Mobile. And so that is a great opportunity for the Falcons who are in the market for a legitimate quarterback to take a look at all these guys, specifically Michael Penix Jr. Who yesterday measured in at the Senior Bowl. There was a uh, big deal made of this. In fact, it seems to be a big deal for quarterbacks every single year is they want to measure him in I think he measured in around 6'2 and a 6'3 and cleats and they measured his hand size that seems to be a big deal for these quarterbacks right, what's the hand size well Michael Penix Jr. the hand size 10 and 3 eighths and I'm told that is really large for a guy that's 6'2 foot two and a half. And I'm all, you know, I'm good with that. Look, uh, big big hand, yeah, that, that, that sounds good to me. All right, feel good about that. But what makes me feel better about Michael Penix Jr. is his ability to recognize coverage pre and post snap, the ability to make good, quick decisions, the ability to manage the pocket, maneuver inside the pocket, And also the ability to throw accurate passes. He can do all four of those things, and I believe those are very important, even more important than what his hand size is. I'm just saying. And I do believe that Michael Penix Jr., it looks like at this point in time in the process, Penix Jr. would be available when the Falcons pick comes up at number eight. But we're early in the process. Got a long way to go here. This is part of the process, the Senior Bowl practice getting underway this morning. And that's what's popping out there. So, um, things are looking up for the Atlanta Falcons, man. I'm feeling pretty good about this. I like the head coaching hire and Raheem Morris. Like Zach Robinson taking over as the offensive coordinator, and after looking closely at what Jimmy Lake did out at Washington with the defense there, I like the hire at defensive coordinator. So thumbs up so far. Now we just have to go out there and find a quarterback. And that is huge because right now we don't have one. Well, we got a couple, but... I don't think they're going to take you to the playoffs, and so that would be the problem. Hey, you need to be listening to the uh, locker room show all week long. Uh, they've got uh, they're going to be sending five lucky listeners to Sandals, and uh, you might be the lucky winner down there, Sandals Dunn's River in Jamaica. So to get qualified, you got to be listening to their show six to ten in the morning. And you might win one of these five trips to go down there and see what's going on. Tune into the locker room each weekday, and when prompted, be the first caller and correctly identify the keyword of the day. You'll find that on social media. And then you're qualified to win the trip to experience the uh, wonderful Sandals Resorts Duns River down in Jamaica. So uh, make sure you're listening. This week, uh, the keyword of the day on Facebook, Instagram, and X, and then listen to the locker room for your chance to win big. Got to be 21 or older and a legal resident of Georgia to be able to win. Coming back on the other side, man, we're talking NFL. This is a coach's show, talking a lot about coaching. Boy, there's some criticism raining down on some of these coaches coming out of championship weekend. We'll talk about it next. You got the Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
4: Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
3: It's
2: Buck Blue Show on 680 The Fan. You can listen on AM at 680, FM at 93.7, streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and watch the show. And get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of coming. Beaver Direct, Say it with me. Fastest and easiest way to shop online for your new vehicle. Man, uh, Chuck and Chernoff, you hear these boys in the afternoon, two to six, Monday through Friday here on The Fan. And they're going to be out and about on Thursday at Firemaker Brewery. And get this, they're going to be celebrating... The return of golf and the start of the golf season. Tell you what, nothing says golf like Chuck and Chernoff, right? But it's not the start of the golf season. That started in Hawaii uh, a few weeks ago. But I want to invite you to get on by there and see the boys bringing their show to Firemaker Brewery, Chattahoochee Avenue in West Atlanta coming up. On Thursday we'll have golf prizes and free rounds of golf and all kind of uh, goodies there for you stop on by between 2 and 6 and watch some of that Pebble Beach pro am getting underway on Thursday. Boy that is the top field in golf this year. The world's top 50 players will all be there. And then some of those celebrities you like too. All right, let's bounce around the National Football League to some of this coaching, some of the uh, content as it relates to coaching. And uh, the Chiefs and Niners in, Super, in the Super Bowl coming up February the 11th. Looking forward to the big game. How about you, man? Can't wait these two weeks, the extra week. I just don't like it. But what do the Chiefs and Niners have in common? Well, I'll tell you what they got in common. Yeah, the two best coach teams in the NFL, the best I can tell. And I don't think they get enough credit, man. We sit around talking about Patrick Mahomes all day long. And, you know, he's the GOAT, and he's the best in the business right now. And I certainly understand that part of the deal. But come on, man, when's Andy Reid going to get a little more credit? Uh, Both as a head coach. And as an offensive coordinator. And look on the other sideline. And I know this guy did not get a lot of love here in this town because of what happened the last time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl. And Shani didn't run the football and run that clock of 28-3. But I'll tell you what, you look at the head coaches that run offenses in the National Football League, nobody, nobody's doing it better than Andy Reid and Shanahan. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball. Spaggs over there running that defense in Kansas City. Boy, they locked down on Baltimore. Had a great plan against the Ravens. Spaggs doing a great job. And then Steve Wilks getting a lot of these head coaching interview opportunities. Doing a great job with that 49ers defense. So I tell you what, how do you get to the Super Bowl? You got great talent. You make a lot of great decisions personnel-wise. You get good quarterback play. And then you coach them up. That's what KC and San Fran are doing. Got head coaches that are running these offenses, game planning, scheming up open receivers, making it easier on their quarterbacks, making really good decisions. And it's the same thing on defense. Spags and Steve Wilkes over there getting the job done. That's what they've got in common. Now, I'm hearing a lot of criticism raining down on the Ravens' offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. And the criticism is that Munkin wasn't running the football enough against Kansas City. And I keep hearing this. Uh, I heard it on the locker room show. Boy, John Michaels is going on and on about this. Shut the f*** up, And that's, that's the guy that certainly knows his football. But I think he's on the wrong path with this one. And I'm hearing it nationally. I'm hearing it regionally. I'm hearing it in the local market. A lot of people running with this hot take, uh, I guess they're calling it, that Monkin's to blame for the Ravens going down. And I tell you what, it seems like everybody's a play caller. doesn't matter what profession you're in. Seems like, you know, you can game plan offensively. You can scheme it up. You can call plays. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Let me try to be real on this Todd Monken situation. Why weren't the Ravens running the football a little more in that game against Kansas City? Well, I mean, quite simply, were you not paying attention? Kansas City had 15 players in the box. You got spags there. He said, "You know what? You know what? Uh, the Ravens aren't going to do against us. They're going. They're not going to run the football. We're going to. We're going to sneak four extra players on the field, and we're going to put fifteen dudes in the box close to the line of scrimmage. And you know what? Five offensive linemen It's simple math. Five can't block fifteen. So you got to throw the football, man." People are going to crowd that box, stuff the run. You got to throw that football around. Pass the football. ball. Five can't block 15. Never could. A simple man. And so Mun can put the ball in the air. And you know what happened? The Ravens wide receiver group couldn't win their matchups. That Kansas City secondary was smothering those receivers. Nobody was open. Hey, Lamar put the ball on the money handful of times, and that coverage was so tight. Defensive backs for Kansas City able to knock the ball. Accurate throws knock them down. Break up the pass. Ravens wide receivers like uh, Odell Beckham, i tell you what. Road Dogg Killespie uh, could have gotten open. Better than Odell Beckham did. Talk about overrated. Beckham, he couldn't beat me if I was out there manning up on him. So the Ravens receivers didn't win those matchups. You know, if I was going to be critical of Todd Monken, it would be that on short yarded situations they had like four three an ounce earlier in the game. Four three an ounce really set the tone to the game, and next thing you know, they're down fourteen nothing. But on the short-yarded situations, like third and three, my criticism would be you didn't run Lamar Jackson in those situations, like the uh, bootleg, something like that, get him out on the perimeter with a run-pass option. And I'm sure Monken was thinking, okay, even in the pocket, and you saw Lamar do this a lot in the game, pull that thing down and run with it. It's a pretty good play. add libbing from the pocket, but... Enough of the Monkin criticism, please. KC had too many men in the box to be running the football. So pay attention. And by the way, the Ravens running back position group's got to be the worst in football. They need to address that during the offseason. All right, and then you got uh, Coach Campbell up there in Detroit, man. I mean, people all over the country ripping his butt. Ripping him for going for it on fourth down. Now, here's my thought on this, all right? Campbell's been doing this all year long. They've been going for it on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three. They've been doing it for 17 games in the regular season. And then you want him to change it up come playoff time? Let me tell you, if, if Campbell did this come playoff time, The players would be saying, man, the coach is playing it safe. He's totally changed up his philosophy in the playoffs. He's tight. He's playing it safe. What happened to coach? Coach can't do that. You got to do what you did in the regular season. You got to play it aggressive, bold and aggressive. That's how you got there, and then you're going to change it up come playoff time? That didn't make any sense to me. And one of those where they went forward on fourth down, it was fourth and two from the Frisco 28-yard line, and you had you had Reynolds drop the pass. It was clearly a first down. Good play call, wide open receiver. Catch the ball, dude. Catch the freaking ball. Now, I will admit, on that fourth and three in the second half, had an opportunity to tie the game, I think I would have kicked the field goal there just to tie the ball game. But uh, this, is what, this is what the coach did up there in Detroit all season long, and then you want him to change it up? Come playoff time? Come on, your players will be looking around saying, what the heck's going on?
1: All
2: right, going to end this coaching stuff with this. Keep hearing about the... Uh, as we get into the Super Bowl two-week period, you're going to hear a lot about the Super Bowl and who's the, uh, the, the most successful quarterback that ever played in the Super Bowl. You're going to be hearing a lot about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. You're going to hear that argument. You're going to hear that a lot. Uh, TB12, I believe, with seven Super Bowl rings. Pretty impressive stuff. And you're going to hear, ah, Belichick was six. He had six Super Bowl rings. He's the GOAT. Andy Reid was six. I believe tying up Belichick for the most rings. Getting to the Super Bowl there, but... You know, the forgotten man is former Falcons head coach Dan Reeves. Former member of the Buck and Kincaid show unceremoniously fired by Arthur Blank when he took over control of the Falcons. Dan Reeves is the GOAT when it comes to getting to the Super Bowl. Dan Reeves with nine appearances in the Super Bowl. Two as a player with the Dallas Cowboys. Three as a Dallas Cowboy assistant coach. Three as the Denver Broncos head coach, Denver Broncos. And then one as the Falcons head coach. Count them up. Nine Super Bowl appearances by the great Dan Reeves. The most ever. So why isn't Dan Reeves in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Nobody went to the Super Bowl more than he did. Talk about an injustice. Dan Reeves should be in there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. 404-231-1680, 404-231-1680, the number you want to jump in here. Always pleased when you're a part of the show. And we got Road Dogg ready to get you hooked up to come on. Come on now. Let's get to a college football nugget while we wait on you. Mm,
1: tasty. It's time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com
2: college football nugget i was hoping hollowell you'd be gone by now because you're a big ohio state fan dang right well that's who we're talking about in the college football nugget today let's go ryan day gotta be feeling the heat that seat's gotta be hot up there in columbus at ohio state and i'm talking more than ever more than ever because now the nemesis jim harbaugh he's gone New head coach with the L.A. Chargers. He has left Michigan.
0: I am cheating. But
2: I... that didn't make it easier on Ryan Day. I think that, that turns up the heat even more on Ryan Day. And you can see that he's feeling the heat by some of the decisions that he's been making during this offseason. I mean, he brought in Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien?
5: I'm stoked, man! I, love I mean, it. Uh, only one reason you would do that is because you're trying to get tougher. Well, that's definitely what the Buckeyes needed. That is for dang sure. They were they have not been playing very tough the past couple years, and Ryan Day is looking to rectify that yeah, right trying now. Trying to get physical. The best part is, I remember you telling me this a while back. Uh, Bill O'Brien's going to want to run Bill O'Brien's offense. However. In a recent team meeting, it was said that Bill O'Brien said, I want to run the Ohio State offense. Yeah, he's I want to talking. run the Ohio State offense. he'll put his guess, everybody stood, on stood up and cheered. Abs- I mean, heck, if somebody's telling you, I want to be a part of your culture, yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. Bill well, just give gonna- him time. He'll fracture the culture. I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm, I have faith in the guy, Buck. I think he's going to turn things around in Ohio State. Make this offense a lot tougher. Well, I have faith, man. I you're have the faith. biggest Ohio
2: State fan I know. I've got some family members on, in you know, my wife's side, that are big fans. But I tell you what, you're, you're the people. biggest Ohio State fan that I know.
5: Yeah, I mean, you and Herb Street. Growing up as a Buckeye fan in the South, man, you got to show your fandom, man. You got to yeah. show it loud, and show it proud. That's
2: a passionate fan base. But oh, I, yeah. I tell you, Bill O'Brien, that is a terrible fit for you.
5: I will say though the, the
2: offensive if he's
5: going to put his touches on the Ohio State offense, I'm excited because the Ohio State's known for an explosive offense, but last year it lacked that explosiveness, especially with Kyle McCord as quarterback. But now that we got a slightly more mobile, a big guy of Will Howard this year, I'm very excited to see what he can do. And we get the one of the best running backs in the country, Quinch John Judkins. We get the top wide receiver and cornerback in the country coming into town. Yeah, look out for oh, Judkins.
2: He's he's sort of a me guy.
5: And he is all in Ohio yeah, he's State, a man. Me guy. I so love it. For that.
2: The culture is going to change.
5: It's going to be a good th- and with new And with the new athletic director, Ross Bjork, the revolutionizing our NIL collective. Oh, man, the money's going to be pouring in in Columbus, Ohio, man. you are going to make it rain up in there. Well, you already see him spending more money.
2: Got that Alabama safety that Georgia was all over. Oh,
5: Caleb Downs, he is going <clears> to be a game record.
2: with that NIL deal that he got. I'll
5: tell you this, Ross Bjork has a history of elevating programs. Look what he did at Western Kentucky when About they... paying uh, out? Welcome what they did at Western Kentucky when they came up into FBS for the first time. He got them elevated to a rel- – he got started, man. He got Willie Taggart in to take over as head coach, get their first winning season in about uh, 2011, get their first ever winning season, go to their first <laughs> ever bowl game the next year. I was at – that's when I first started my um, journey as a Hilltopper when that when that, when, um, that was going on. So it was yeah. a pretty exciting time for football down there. Goes to a brings in Jimbo Fisher, which a lot of people say is a mistake. However, the boosters kind of saying, "Hey, bring this guy in. We want we'll shell out the money." Then when when Jimbo starts messing need up, the money. And then when they start messing up, they say, "Hey, man, you got to fire this guy right now." So yeah, that's what these kids are saying a uh, to Ohio State now is. Show me the money. Dang right, man. Uh, there's money in Columbus, Ohio, man. It's the largest city in the state of Ohio. So there's a yeah. lot of money in that city. There's a lot of money in Ohio State donors, too. They got a massive alumni base. So, well, the Ryan, they better win and win now, man. If he he is a win. desperate coach right now. I mean,
2: they're paying him a ton. $9.5 million are going to be paying him this year. And let me tell you what, they're they're not paying him to do is lose to Michigan. Oh, dude. And I if, believe he's one in three against Michigan. Un- Michigan uh, right now well technically you, you start losing
5: three. to Michigan with Sharon Moore as the head coach you're gone that is unacceptable to go one and two one and one against you against Michigan let alone two and three right now because that is just unacceptable you know what Ohio
2: State you know this but you know some others might not listening to the show you got to do three things you got to beat Michigan you got to win the Big Ten and you got to win a national championship occasion.
5: Urban Meyer did all three of those things. Now, Ryan Day has done maybe two out of three so far. Well, no, Ryan Day, um, the last three seasons, 0-9. Yeah. With
2: those three things. oh no, here's another acceptable. one, too. Ryan Day's Buckeyes are now 1-6 versus top five college football playoff ranked teams.
5: 1-6. The one win was against Clemson. 1-3 in the college football playoffs. And again, a win against Clemson, which was a... Much, which is a great win, by the way. But here is the thing: you got to be able to finish. You got to be able to yeah. put put on that performance. They get tough matchups, <laughs> but here is the thing: you are Ohio State. Okay, that's not look, losing to Michigan is one hundred percent unacceptable. Because when during when I was growing up, there were three guarantees in life: death, taxes, and we beat the crap out of Michigan. We make Michigan our, yeah. you know what, again.
2: Yeah. Here so. We go. Yeah, no, Tolbert, that's not listening something. to the show. Tolbert on X says, uh, please cut off the Buckeyes
5: mic, please. Hey, 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 hey. You only hate us because we're the greatest, uh, all right?
2: <laughs> yeah, Ryan Day, basically, let me sum it up for you. Didn't get the job done this year.
5: He's He's gone. It's he's pretty, out of there, it's man. Like, it's like Georgia Tech when Chan Gailey was around, man. If you can't beat Georgia, get out of here. Yeah. All right, let's get
2: to the Bulldog beat.
5: The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national
1: champion on the beat. 25-20, sideline, 15-10, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Balloon. Presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent. Yes,
2: sir. Bulldog Beat. All right, as I mentioned earlier, Road Dog Gillespie, if you check out Georgia against Alabama tomorrow night at the Stag in Athens, a 630 tip, I believe it's going to be on SEC Network, you're going to see Road Dog, and he's going to be sitting down directly behind the Bulldogs head coach, Coach White, getting a ton of airtime tomorrow night against Alabama. Big game for the Georgia Bulldogs as we get deeper into the season. Saturday, Bulldogs are going to run the floor again in Athens at the Stag against South Carolina. That's going to be a 1 o'clock tip again on the SEC Network. So, Road Dog man, you're going to get plenty of love here coming up twice this week on SEC Network watching those Bulldogs run the floor.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully the crowds are going to be out in Stegman supporting the dogs. A couple, a tough loss down in uh, Gainesville over the weekend, but hopefully Dog Nation will come out and show their support. I believe Saturday's is sold out. Uh, the South Carolina game, limited tickets available still for tomorrow, and we hope to have some oh, tomorrow wow. to give away on the yeah. air for tomorrow night and maybe this weekend's.
2: Fantastic, man. Let's do that. Bulldogs right now, 14 and six overall. Four and three in the SEC, and when you pull up the bracketology situation and look, you don't, you won't see Georgia listed. Not in the first four in, or the last four out, or not in the bracket. Right now, the Bulldogs are on the outside looking in. They got eight SEC teams projected to make the NCAA tournament. Georgia's not one of them. Now, Alabama and South Carolina are. So these are two huge games for the dogs this week. You get two teams that are looking like they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And you got a chance to take them down at home. And you already beat South Carolina once at their place earlier this season. Right. So these are two big games for the Bulldogs this week. Need to beat Alabama tomorrow night. Need to beat South Carolina on Saturday. Both projected to get in the tournament. That would impress these these folks that are going to decide whether you're in or out. And then by the end of the year, need to have that record uh, a little over 500 to be able to get in. So crunch time for the Bulldog basketball team. I tell you what, I've enjoyed watching them play uh, more so than than any other time in recent history. This is the best team I've seen Georgia have in the last 10 to 15 years.
3: You're right. It is definitely the best team we've seen in a while, even though they aren't, you know, in, according to Lombardi. They can play their
2: way in. They can play, play their way in.
3: But I'm going to tell you what this team does is it never gives up on itself. They are they were down 21, I believe, in Gainesville this past weekend. Yeah, they, they came back, back and tied the game, went to overtime. I mean, this team has fight. We've seen that since the beginning of the season against Oregon when they were down 14 in two separate times. They've just got to learn to not only come back but then finish it. <laughs> All right, raise your hand if you're excited about
2: the college baseball season getting underway. Am I the only guy raising my hand? I mean, I'll give you one buck.
5: I mean, college baseball. I mean, fun, dude. out there in the cars raising their hand. i your horn if you love baseball, but, y'all. Hopefully, I know they're Ohio driving. State's no good. Eh, it's whatever. Honestly,
2: I'm excited. <laughs> West Johnson taking over this Georgia baseball program, and look, I'm flawed, obviously, because I played baseball at the University of Georgia, so I'm invested. And are hopeful that Wes Johnson's going to get this thing turned around. Getting ready to start year number one. And as I look at the Baseball America preseason top 25, I don't see Georgia listed. I see a lot of the SEC teams listed out there. Uh, Three of the top five, SEC. Five of the top 10, SEC. Seven of the top 12, SEC teams. SEC dominating the college baseball scene these days. Coming in, Baseball America has Wake Forest, number one. Then you get LSU, Arkansas, and Florida, two, three, and four. Vandy and Tennessee at seven and 8 AM and South Carolina at 11 and 12. Auburn checking in at 23. Saw a video of Wes Johnson speaking with the Bulldog team a couple of days ago and talking about getting started, hitting the practice field. I believe last Friday, the, the first practice. For Georgia, Wes was talking to the team in that new locker room they've gotten. boy, I'm a little bit jealous of that. but Wes's message to the Bulldog team was, look ignore this baseball America top 25. Uh, don't pay attention to any of the critics out there. Look around the room. look around the room at the other guys in this room. We are capable of accomplishing all the goals that we have this season. Look around the room, the guys in here. We do what we're capable of doing. We'll be where we want to be later this baseball season,
5: and I believe that that would be the College World Series. I'm just saying. Punch take ticket up to Nebraska, baby. That's. I'm tell you what, man. I've been to the College World Series a while back. That's a fun environment, man. It's a lot of fun. But and tell you what, Georgia fans would tear that place up they would go into omaha they would invade it they would drink it dry and they're gonna have a great they would have a great time up there in omaha man i would i would love to see see what it'd be like for georgia for georgia yeah. faithful to go up there man that'd be great I, I bet
2: road dog would be a part of that road crew going over uh, going over to see the college I'd, I, I can see
5: road dog out there in the bars in omaha man just road dogs calling a the dogs with lampshade on his head All right, coming back on the other side,
2: man, I know the Braves are favored and the Braves are looking good coming in this season, but there is a big unknown, and I'll talk about it next. Got the show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
4: Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
1: Road dog
2: talking fast. Squeezed it all in there, brother. Now he's getting something to drink. I don't blame him. It's the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Appreciate you hanging out. Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. That's all I'll say about that. David Holloway in the house today talking Ohio State football, man. The books,
5: <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> all fired up. Hey, I mean, I can talk other, th- other stuff too, but you know, you got to tap into the expertise now got every got now and then. You got that
2: covered, man. Damn, we want something Ohio State related. We're coming
5: straight to you. Somebody's got to cover the Razor College football around here. Exactly. I want to talk Atlanta Braves right now.
2: On a afternoon. And I want to talk about the big unknown. As we get one day closer to spring training getting underway here in a couple of weeks. The big unknown, man, i tell you what. The lineup looks great, doesn't it? I'm stoked for this lineup. I love
5: what AA has done this offseason.
2: Yeah, the lineup looks great. It looked great last season, too. I mean, we are deep. We got these young guys locked down under long-term contracts. the is... uh, Reloaded in the bullpen. Got plenty of big arms down in the bullpen this season. I'm excited about that. The rotation looking good. Rotation looking pretty strong there. There's only one unknown. And that's what I want to talk about right now. The one unknown coming into the season. And it's the new left fielder. Jared Kelnick. Young kid, too, 24 years old. This guy, a a former high draft pick, the sixth pick in the 2018 Major League Draft. And a guy that I'm sure a lot of people have looked when the Braves made the deal to get him in here. They looked and saw, oh, my God, he hit 168 the last two, his first two seasons in the big leagues. 168, what are the Braves doing? Has Anthopolis lost his mind? Well, you got to dive in a little deeper. All right, Kelnick broke out last season with the Mariners. In the month of April, Kelnick hit 300-plus with seven bombs. And then he hit a little bit of a skid. I mean, he couldn't keep that pace up, Right. And then he got frustrated and you might remember he kicked the water cooler and broke his foot. And then he was on the shelf for an extended period of time. Ended the season hitting 253 with 11 bombs and 49 RBI. And I guess the Mariners said, "You know what? Let's see what we can get for the kid." And the Braves swooped in and picked him up. I look at this Kelnick situation, and I'm thinking there's a lot to like here, Matt Lear. Amen. The hard hit rate, 45%. I like that. These analytic stats, man. People, Some people are paying attention to it. Others don't. But this is a key one. Hard hit rate. I'm big on this. How many times do you square the ball up and hit the ball hard? He did it 45.6% of the time. That's kind of nuts. How about the sweet spot rate? 38.4% of the time. And I believe that there are going to be a couple of keys for Kelnick being successful with the Atlanta Braves. All right, number one, kid, you got to control your emotions. All right, you can't be kicking the water cooler and breaking your foot. Throw a fire extinguisher! Don't do that. We already. Yeah, let's uh, d- don't be doing that now. So you got to control your emotions. Number one. All right. Number two. You got to have some strike zone discipline. I mean, your swing looks good. It's compact. You're squaring the ball up a lot, but you're chasing way too much. So stop chasing. Become more disciplined at swinging at pitches that are in the strike zone. Those are the two big keys for Kelnick. And if he can do those two things, this is going to be an upgrade of where the Braves were a year ago. With Eddie Rosario, Rosario was a poor defender. By Felicia. I mean, Rosario, he was so poor defensively that what they had to do with Eddie... Was they said Eddie go back there and put your back up against the wall? It's like some of these you see at the club. They may have the shade and the chain on, but they got the back up against the wall. He was always good for one
5: circus catch every couple weeks
2: too. Yeah, but it, you know the circus catch should have been uh, catching the ball, uh, standing up. I mean, he he got such poor jumps on the ball. That he made it look like a circus catch where, Lear, me and you would have been underneath the ball and made, you know, a clean catch on it. A can of
5: corn for us, Buck.
2: A can of corn, man. So, look, Rosario, poor defender. And so I'm anxious to get rid of that. Kelnick, a really good defender. So defensively, it's an upgrade right now. Even if he doesn't control his emotions and he doesn't improve the strike zone discipline, this is going to be an upgrade defensively. So the pitchers are going to love it. I guarantee every time those relievers and starters for the Braves saw that ball hit out to left field last year, boy, they held their breath hoping Rosario was going to make the catch. But does he have a better arm than Ozuna? Yes, he's got a better arm than Ozuna. Oh, good. He's uh, more flexible than Ozuna, too. He can actually bend down and touch his toes. So defensively, it's a huge upgrade. He's got a chance to be better with the bat. And maybe it's one of those deals where you just got to get more comfortable in the big leagues. And I think what's going to help him with the Braves is that there'll be some lower expectations for what he's going to have to bring to the table. With the Mariners, they had the kid hitting in the middle of the lineup. He's hitting cleanup for the Mariners. With the Braves, he's going to be hitting down 7, 8, or 9 in the lineup. So that's going to take some of the pressure off. Maybe that's going to help him too. I just know this. Watching Kelnick, there's a tremendous amount of upside here. And I'm hoping that him controlling his emotions, uh, having more strike zone discipline, and with less pressure on him to perform at a high level, there you're going to see him take off. And then a year from now, we'll be sitting here talking about what a genius that Alex Anthopoulos is. Domino rated him a D for dude. A D for dude? I'm hoping at the end of the year, I'm going to be giving Kelnick a grade, a B B+. That's what I'm hoping. All right, let's get to the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you
1: by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955.
2: All right, Falcons, listen up. Need you to go find a legitimate quarterback. And we don't need one of these free agents like Kirk Cousins that's going to be asking for $45 million a year. And I had somebody say, well, Blue, I don't care what the Falcons pay the quarterback. Well, you should worry about what the Falcons are paying the quarterback. Because if you're paying him $45 million, then you got less money to spread around to give to the other guys. So let's not do the free agency thing, please. Stay away from that. And stay away from Justin Fields, too. You don't want to make a trade and bring Fields in here because after one year, then Fields is going to be looking for the $40 million a year. Stay focused right now on the Senior Bowl quarterbacks specifically the kid out of Washington. Let's take a quarterback with a top 10 pick in the draft. You got to move up, move up and get him. You can get the guy you want at pick number eight, then stay there at number eight and get him. Let's invest in one of these young dudes. We can be thrilled about for years to come. And there's the big word. It's going to do it for the Buck Baloo show today. Hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll be back tomorrow. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Stay tuned for that here on The Fan.
1: I'm out of here. Bye-bye.
4: Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford
3: dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move, there's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier com.